Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. Steve, how are you? You know, Dave, I will be a whole lot better when we finally get to the point that parents of children under five still have to deal with this whole COVID thing. You know, I feel like, uh, I feel like I'm in home alone, right? I'm the guy, I'm, I'm Kevin just left behind and I'm just waiting for the reasonable person in charge to remember that there's an entire population of people under the age of five who can't get vaccinated and therefore have to deal with all this, you know, bull crap. Uh, oh, somebody's a close contact. Got to shut it down for the next week. I desperately want my kid to just sit in daycare for just, oh, you know, maybe two weeks in a row. You've not, I'm not, not asking for a lot. Not casting judgment or anything like that. If you had to guess during, let's just say the past uh, nine months, like what percentage of the time would you say your your son has been at his daycare as opposed to not able to attend his daycare because of COVID? Well, I've actually been keeping track. Um, <laughs> not surprised year, by that. This year. So if I, if I strictly 2022, right? He has been in school for maybe 50% of the time. That's rough at 100% off- prices, right? Right, Steve? Yep. I keep paying. I keep paying. But, you know, he was off uh, a week in February, two weeks in January, uh, and now another week, first off in, uh, in, in March, like this is maybe a little over, call it 60%, but still. And it's just, you know, everybody's all hunky-dory, COVID's over, we can get back to things, but it's like, you know, there's a lot of kids that aren't eligible for vaccines yet that we still have to manage and you're not making life easy for us. Very, very true, very true. Sorry, Steve. That stinks, man. Let's see if Mike can cheer us up. Do you think he can? Mike, Mike's the bundle of joy that we have here. He's constantly bringing the cheer. He is. He's the optimist, generally, the half-full guy, the, the one who sees the world through just rose-colored glasses. Hey, Mike, how are you doing? That's you, Dave. I don't know, Mike. I think it I think out of all of us, I, I think out of all of us, Dave is like the happy clapper, right? I was I was trying to like do the little kid thing where like you like convince someone there's something else by telling them how <laughs> proud you are of the fact that they're being well behaved and then they behave well. That was kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that, that's a real psychological uh, theory, right? I mean, it, yeah. I mean, so maybe I don't know. I have a, I have I'm, a feeling it's not working right now though. So, Mike, how are you? No, I'm I'm doing quite well. Um, yeah, just fucking <clears throat> rub it in, dude. <laughs> I feel bad that Steve is paying six hundred dollars a week to, for his kid to uh, to watch his own kid. <laughs> hey, it's it's only three hundred dollars a week. Oh, that's not bad actually. Then, um, but, but I'm still essentially lighting that money on fire. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm doing pretty well. Uh, had a good weekend. Uh, there was some soccer that we watched. Um, football for you European folk. Um, I uh, I won some money in uh, DraftKings from my uh, my friends in Rhode Island. Uh, oh, I got you. to right. spend some time with my with my son, some quality time. Uh, I actually, um, my wife thought she was going to have to call an Amber Alert because uh, 
I told her we were going to the dump and we didn't come back <laughs> from the dump. <laughs> um, she, yeah, she thought I stole them. Uh, turns out we, uh, we turned up at Lowe's on her, uh, find my iPhone app. Um, and then we ended up at a, at a brewery afterwards, uh, where he proceeded to kick my ass in uh, connect four. I don't know how he does it. Um, he claimed before we started, uh, dad, smart at chess, not so much at connect four. <laughs> I won the first three games and then he just whooped my ass. <laughs> he was sandbagging you basically just waiting. Oh to yeah. He completely yeah. sandbagged me. So Mike, um, I do, I do need to ask you to do this because you know, our listening audience is, is broad and worldwide without question. Um, and, and growing at exponential rates. I didn't understand before I moved to this state, what it meant to go to the dump because I used to live in a place where, you know, garbage trucks came and picked up your garbage or your refuse from, from the curb. Could you talk a little bit about going to the dump for those who don't understand what that's about? So yeah, uh, every weekend, um, actually every week, you, uh, most, some Americans, uh, especially those of us in uh, rural areas like Vermont, um, where there are more cows than people, or used to be, it used to be a thing. Um, we collect our trash at our house um, in barrels, uh, and in, instead of um, bringing them out to the the curb like Dave used to, and having some surly uh, some surly garbage garbage man come and take the garbage and and throw your trash cans back in on your in your front driveway. Um, we actually pack it in the back of my truck, um, and, uh, recycling and all, um, and we uh, drive to the actual, the, the refuse area, the, the, the dumping station. Um, mine's just a transfer station, but, um, and they, then they bring it to the actual dump. But when you go to the dump, um, it's kind of like, a, it's like a, for us, it's a guy's trip, you know, me and my son, it's this male bonding time, right? Uh, but you meet and in, you meet individuals at the dump. Um, you, uh, you don't just, you know, go to the dump, dump your trash and leave. You meet individuals there. Uh, they, they actually used to have a barn where people would leave their things. Um, and, and you could take, take one, leave one, you know? So you bring your old kid toys or whatever. You pick up a new kid toy. Uh, you can't do that anymore. Um, but yeah, so that's going to the dump. Um, we nice. ended up Steve. at we ended up at the at the home improvement store after that, and then the brewery. Perfect, Steve. Do you take your stuff to the dump, or do you have a modern civilization coming to your house? Uh, a little of both, actually. And I will say, our garbage person is this lovely woman who, you know, Isaac is at the age where he's obsessed with you know the trucks that drive by, the buses, anything that's different. He loves to look at it. So sometimes, if he's still there. Uh, in the morning, which, you know, given the COVID rates that daycare has had is quite often these days, he'll stand, you know, at the window and he'll stare and he'll watch them take the garbage. Um, and she always waves at him and he waves back and it's very cute. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll take our trash, our, our recycling, but then there's, you know, some of the lawn stuff that we've got leaves, grass clippings, that sort of thing. We package that up. We drive that all the way down to, uh, to well, really Mike's neck of the woods and dump it in Mike's neck of the woods. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, I can't take it to my town transfer station. 
because uh, they, they have a, they have a real issue uh, when you don't separate all the recycling. Uh, it, it, we, I go to the Milton station where uh, you don't have to separate anything uh, because it's the uh, zero sort zero uh, recycling. Sort. And so one more thing, you know, didn't know that we were going to talk about the dump tonight, but that's fantastic. Um, one more thing for our listeners to understand. So the way this works, at least at the transfer station that we go to, is you drive your vehicle onto a giant scale and they weigh you. And then you take your vehicle into this giant building, which I'll talk about momentarily, but you uh, you you get rid of your stuff and then you come back out and get weighed again. And that is how you pay based on the the amount of uh, pounds or tonnage that, that you that's that the you way they do it uh where my dad is from too where my dad lives. gotcha now they don't the, do that at ours we just say i just tell them uh i've got a 33 gallon bucket in the back uh stuffed with seven ba- household bags of trash because you compress that as much as you can you're on the honor system for sure and then yeah and then you're like i also have my my composting and my recycling and uh, the, the, I, I compost because I'm a leftist and uh, I want to help the, I want to help the universe and help the world uh, survive, you know. Yes, I'm, you wearing my, I'm wearing my favorite shirt today too. It says, be a good human, do the right thing. Be a good human, do the right thing. That's Mike. That's Mike's motto. Hey, yeah. the one last thing I just want to share is in the summertime, when you go do that, it is absolutely disgusting. When, when we drop our trash off in the, in the building where they actually plow the stuff in, there's a layer of slime that smells like hot garbage. Um, and anyone who's fascinated by the smell of hot garbage, you can imagine it. That's what it smells like. Yeah. We've talked about the dump for like four minutes now, gentlemen. You, you're proud of us? Perfect. We just lost always all eight been, of our listeners. This has been like Sesame Street tonight. We're learning things. You know, this is, this is really good. I'm, go- I'm, gonna, I'm really going to apologize to Ross and Andy right now because i know i know that they're that they're going to be listening to this and being like what the fuck <laughs> get but on they, with it but they got a shout out so so there we go hey let's talk about let's talk about football look uh, there's, a, there's a transition here dave it's an appropriate it? one right let's hear it. so we've, let's hear it. we've been talking about the dump right for the last god like 10 minutes now not the even mid- four. We, the middle road going, dump the middle well i was going to talk about everton but i guess we can start with middlesbrough <laughs> It's you all garbage. Whatever you want. Steve, I let I let you pick first, man. You always get to decide what path we're gonna follow. What are we doing? Middlesbrough is a lovely looking stadium. I just I gotta say that. I mean, it's lovely. Yeah, but our performance there was absolute crap. That's what I was thinking. More performance. Steve, what are we talking about? Well, I guess I'm gonna stick with my uh my curmudgeonly demeanor today and I'll I'll talk Middlesbrough. I'll let Mike be the happy go lucky guy who gets to you know, rah, rah, let's bring everybody back up from the edge. Uh, what a shitty performance, you know? And and this is one that's kind of been sitting in the back of my mind because, you know, after this weekend, it's, it's kind of easy to forget about the woes of losing to a championship team. Um, not for me, it's not because... What else do I have to do? Watch uh, Coco for the 8 millionth time or Encanto or, well, really one of those two. Um, now, so this one's been stewing and, and you know, there's a lot about that performance that I just find so frustrating. But the key for me is that it was inevitable. You know, like going into that match, as soon as I saw an unchanged lineup, I just knew it was a loss. Like there was... A, there was something in, in me that just said, there's absolutely no way they're going to pull it off. You know, we, we've got a short rest period. We've all seen that statistic about Conte's sides 
when they've got a certain amount of rest in between matches, rolling out that same lineup, knowing how intense Conte ball is, was just asking to be dominated. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm honestly kind of shocked that uh, it went into extra time, right? Like it, it just felt like one of those games that we were just going to lose in, in regulation. Um, but it's like I said last week, you know, going into that, you needed to see two, maybe three changes just to keep things fresh, just to get some energy out there. Um, and, and my feelings having watched that is, is just that Conte doesn't really trust a lot of the depth he has. And if you look at who he's had on the bench, the last few games, it's been, you know, U23 players predominantly, uh, and then a couple of seniors. And yeah, we've had some injury issues with Skip being out and, and Lucas for that match in particular. But we just don't have depth. We're missing depth badly. And, you know, if, if you compare our squad to, uh, to Man City, to, to Chelsea, to Liverpool, like if, if we have to play two, three games a week, there's absolutely no way we're going to compete as evidenced by that Middlesbrough defeat. Will that be a kind of a blessing in disguise in our, our run into the top four? We'll see, but man, that was just really, it, it sucked. Cause th- there was a part of me that was like, fuck it, just give it to divine. Let him get a run out. You know, let's, let's start a um, Dane Scarlet. Cause if you're going to lose the match to Middlesbrough, you might as well give somebody experience for it. And it just hurts that we went in, honestly, probably trying to win that game. But without the rest, the squad was just gassed. They were depleted. They were not anywhere near 100%. And, you know, we got embarrassed. You know, the only silver lining is that this is the same squad that embarrassed Man United. So it's not like it's one and done, right? They didn't just beat us and then get thrashed by a Premier League squad. It was, oh no, they're they're taking uh they're taking our heads. They're they're in it to win it at this point. Middlesbrough. United and, made it know, to cr- penalties though. That's yeah, that's true. Um, but still, you know, it's like credit where it's due. They they came out to play. They came out. They they did all they needed to do, and that that was enough. Um, for Spurs, I think it desperately highlights the fact that we need to not just bring players in, but bring quality players in to let some of the guys that we have not leave. I don't want people to just go out the door without a replacement. We need to keep and build on top of if we're constantly, you know, if we go into the summer window and we get rid of, for example, winks and bring in a center midfield, we're in the same situation, right? We only have a finite number of people in that position that can perform. Somebody gets injured, like skip, we're fucked. We need to keep and we need to build. If you're going to send anybody out this summer, I think it's got to be a one out two in type deal for that position, right? We can't afford to be sending guys out in order to bring a new player in and not give them sufficient coverage as well. Steve, we're going to call that, we're going to start calling that the, 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 um, It'll be it'll be called Thunderdome. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Two men enter, one man leaves. Right. That's Steve, that's our summer approach. Thunderdome. The, the Thunderdome approach. <laughs> Steve, would you be willing to uh, send Winks out with two unknown guys coming in return? 
Uh, that to me is risky. Uh, and I'll tell you why. I know the flavor of the month now is hating on Winks, but what we've seen in parts of Conte's tenure is that Winks can be incredibly effective when he's partnered with the correct complementary midfielder or midfielders uh, that kind of takes a lot of the burden off what's expected of Winks. When he's there to make those quick progressive passes, I think he can be fine. It's when you Wrong. ask anything defensive of him. Wrong. No. Any, any one of those kids on the bench can, can do the same fucking thing that Harry Winks does. Right now, we're just, we're just lucky that, that we got Bentonker back to fucking babysit Harry Winks. Uh, debate so i mean so that so that hoy bear i'm sorry that so that hoy bear doesn't have to babysit harry, harry winks anymore there it is uh the, the here's the thing dude harry hey, winks, actually maybe maybe uh bentaker could babysit steve's kid so that, I would, could, uh, that would be nice i'll take that all harry I'm winks saying, might need to babysit your kid but you might not want to because you're gonna go be going backwards look, the entire time all i'm saying <laughs> is that we could we could get winks out and then bring two sissokos in which is a step backwards in my opinion that's all i'm getting at when you're talking I, about bringing unknowns in then there's like okay do we do we stick with the devil we know and know the limitations and what he's capable of or do we risk giving him away and then bringing in even worse players which let's be honest I'm still not entirely convinced our transfer strategy is good enough to bring in good players. The question Steve, is like, Steve, Harry, wait, hold on, devil? Mike, hold on real quick. Steve, Harry Winks babysits your kid and, and your kid literally goes backwards. He goes from walking to crawling <laughs> and then, and then he ends up <laughs> the words that he's learned. He, he regresses and doesn't know those words anymore. That what you're really hard. hoping is that when you get home, from your hard day's work or your chores or whatever you needed to do when you left him with Harry Winks is that he's still crawling or walking when you get home, just a sideways lateral move. You know, <laughs> he's the turned best to a you crab. Can is that, is <laughs> crab that, walking. is that, is that your kid, you know, walks a few steps and then runs a little bit, right? That's a little bit moving forward, which six out of six out of 10 times, babysitting uh, your kid you're not going to see those four times you will see that kid maybe take a couple of steps but out of those 10 60 of the time your kid's not taking some extra steps I, I just think harry winks is we will praise him when he does well and when he has when he has nice games or nice you know but the reason you're praising him is because you're like fuck he's not doing the thing that he always has done Always, always, always. And I'm sorry, Nick, but Harry Winks is not the guy for this team. I will praise him when he has a nice game. Uh, Lucas Mora, same thing. I'm going to praise Lucas Mora and love on Lucas Mora when he's not, when he's playing well, but when he's not playing well, like, you know, you don't want Lucas babysitting your kid either because your kid's going to be running in the fucking doors all day. Look, I've had enough of that. He already ran headfirst through a radiator. He got the glue. There was my segue. <laughs> Um, so no, honestly, we can get rid of them. We can get rid of the Morkum or Morkum, <laughs> the, the the Middlesbrough game. Um, I, I I almost forgot that it happened because it was so. It felt like so long ago. It was almost two weeks ago, right? Or was it? No, it was a week ago. It was Monday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that that game had had upset written all over it. I mean, classic classic trap game. Um. Not enough time to prepare, blah, 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 blah. Um, Conte's angry. Conte's 
going to leave the, he's going to pack his shit in the middle of the night and leave the club. Um, nonsense that he, you know, he throws his little fit every single time he loses. Um, you know, that, that game we saw really, it was just kind of a middling approach to soccer to the Conte system. I mean, I can't say there was a lot of bad stuff that happened. Um, we probably, we probably could have easily scored what three, three, three different times in that game. I mean, Harry Kane hit the crossbar. Um, who else, who else? Uh, Sonny, Sonny, I, I, I don't understand his deal. Um, he loves to drag the ball and take like three or four touches before he even lo- looks at shooting looking at the ground a lot lately. I mean, I, he's kind of out of it. Then, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I don't see any reason to talk about that game anymore. We're, we're done with it. It's over with no more midweek nonsense. Get onto the business of trying to play in the midweek next year. You're the one that keeps talking about it. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm fucking done. All right. I'm so done. I, I, about? I said my piece about Harry Winks and Hoyberry is better when Harry Winks is not out there. Maybe Sissoko would have been better with without Harry oh, Winks out no, there. Let's wait one last thing. If Sissoko we finish top four, recently, was it Steve? Way. You said you'd get the Winks jersey if we finish top four. Is that correct? If we finish top four, that's the deal. All right. I can't yeah, wait well, to see you in that Winks I jersey. I can't wait to see you either because uh, when he's not on the team next year, that thing's going to be on discount. Absolutely. Yeah. But there's going to have to be a deadline for when you buy it. So you don't get the discount. You need to pay full price for that Wings jersey when it does happen. <laughs> you, made the the bet, ads. <laughs> you made the bet, bro. You can't drag it out just to get a cheaper price. I'm Mike, going to get my HK 10 jersey, whether he's there or not, because he's a club legend. This is true. This is true. Hey, Mike, talk about the weekend or talk about, yeah, yesterday. It wasn't the weekend. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't the weekend. I mean, it was Monday, you know? Um. So I, I, you know, we saw a similar, we saw a similar lineup. Lucas Mora came back, was on the bench. Um, we knew that Sessegnon was going to start uh, over Reggie for some reason. Reggie's fallen out of, out of favor right now. It could just mean he's tr- still trying to get healthy and, you know, he's taking it easy at practices, you know, trying to get healthy from his bout with COVID, whatever. It could mean anything. I don't, I don't, um, we had a chat about uh, the Sessegnon versus Reggie thing and, um, each of those guys has their, has their upside, um, you know, and, and, and I think that uh, moving forward, obviously now that Sess is probably hurt, I don't know what the, did they come out with the results of his scan? But I, I read something today that Conte said he was worried it was muscular and something that maybe said hamstring, but hamstring, same, same injuries before is what I heard. Yeah, that's not good. Okay. So that said, uh, Wow, what a what a performance! I mean, so fast. Everything was so fast. And maybe it's owing to the fact that Everton is a, it's they're worse than a dumpster. They're they're a dumpster full of shit on fire. I mean, it's bad. Um, they have one guy who wants to defend on the entire team, uh, Brentway, and uh, and. Even he uh, made a huge fucking mistake by playing Harry Kane on. Um, uh, you know, granted, he probably couldn't see across the fucking field the one dude making a run. Um, we scored pretty much. It was relentless. Like we we scored when we wanted to. Um, well, except for with Sonny. the exception of which, with the exception of Sonny. Uh, 
apparently Doherty is the best right wing back in the fucking world. Um, well, the internet says, I'm telling you. <laughs> the inter- the internet uh, is never wrong. Uh, who I do trust is I saw that metric that Nathan, Nathan A. Clark put out. And uh, I think even he was surprised. <laughs> um, and when he's surprised at something, uh, it, he's actually playing really well. So uh, it turns out um, that Doherty, right wing back, good. Doherty, right back, bad. Which we kind of knew already, right? And we're ready to write the dude off. Um, again, he comes out next week and puts out or on Saturday, puts up a shit fucking performance. I'll call him out for it. You know, um, that said, he's going to be a, a, a nice backup next year for whoever we bring in. Um, so we got the wingbacks taken care of. Reggie came in for Seth, who was hurt, scored immediately. Um, Harry Kane was, again, showing why he's the best in the fucking world at everything. Harry Kane was was distributing the ball. Harry Kane was was uh, clinical, clinically finishing. Um, his touches are perfect. Um, his turns when he gets the fucking ball. I don't. I've never seen a guy who's so slow in my fucking life. You've got that weird hunch. He's so slow and awkward looking, like like a fucking giraffe. But he moves like a fucking like he. He'll turn on you so fast that you won't even know where your fucking pants are. I, 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 it, it was looked like it was slow motion, but the defenders don't even know what's happening to them. He's so goddamn good. He's good passing. He does every single thing. And that's why Harry Kane is the best in the world. Uh, I watched Lewandowski today and he's pretty fucking impressive. Um, He's with, his, with his finishing, he knows how to make great runs. He doesn't pass the ball. You know, he's one of the best in the world, but he doesn't pass the ball. And um, you cannot sit there and convince me that there's even name one striker is better than Harry Kane right now. Right now, I, I don't think you can. Um, Lucas Popovich, and he's he's a Lucas Popovich is a uh, is a left wing. Uh, oh, and my mistake. Apologies. Fast as fuck. Uh, I just wanted to watch you make that connection. No, we're gonna maybe to, bring we're gonna him down. Him just Sonny. look at him in the eye. Um, so here's the here's the thing. Uh, Spurs Spurs uh, are, they are doing this every other game thing, um, beating the teams that we want them to beat. That they that they, but they're not beating the teams that they should be beating, right? They're not beating those Burnleys. And uh, they finally pulled out that, that masterful performance against a struggling team who's looking at relegation right now. Um, Burnley's got to be licking their chops right now because they've got two teams that are free falling so quickly in front of them and with games in hand uh, that they might actually be, end up being safe this year. Um, so we finally did what we were supposed to do against one of those teams. Um, and with another week to prepare, I think Conte is going to have us ready and firing for United. Um, I, I, I can't say there was a bad performance on the team um, at all. Romero's 
fucking shithousery uh, is coming back up. Um, I, you know, hard tackle and Richarlison wasn't wasn't the cleanest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it was it was funny though. <laughs> it was it was fucking funny because that guy's a piece of garbage. Um, they have Everton has good players. Um, the the one thing I really did like was that Delhi got a run out, and uh, the the fans you know sang a sang a song for him, and and that's really nice. I mean, still the fact that he can't get a starting role on this fucking team is just outrageous to me. Um, but I, I honestly, like, I'm not going into the tactics of the entire game, but um, Hoiberg was better with Bentenker next to him. Um, Hoiberg was fucking phenomenal. Bentenker was fucking phenomenal. That guy is, uh, he's a man out there playing against boys. I, he's so powerful. He's so big. He's so intelligent with the ball at his feet. Kulisowski also, like, we're, we're, these are probably the two best signing Spurs have had. What since Erickson? Three best signings. What, what? Romero? Romero? You can include him. Romero. Well, yes. Okay. So I, I'll put Romero in there. Romero is Romero makes me nervous sometimes. Um, he might have been responsible for that other game that we earlier talked about uh, that goal, um, but um, because of the way that he plays, um, my. My worry with him is his accumulation of yellows are going to get him in big trouble. And that'll put us in trouble. Uh, that said, uh, you know, I, I trust Davinson Sanchez if he has you to come in in a spot, you know, to, to cover for him if he has to. But I, I mean, know that. did you hear that, Steve? Mike, trust Davinson. Those Sanchez three guys. To come the, yeah, those three guys. Those three guys, though, make are making this team what it is now are, are giving us the chance that 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 you know that we want them to have um and outside of that other teams in the league are also giving us a chance you know those teams above us uh, are helping us out every single weekend and um watching manchester united get fucking stomped into the ground by the plastics was fucking nice um and uh hopefully they don't come back pissed off and I, and I also hope that Spurs don't come out, you know, lackluster thinking that they're just going to walk all over this team because I think man, you man, United, man, United is not as good as they look on paper. I'll tell you, Steve, I'm coming to you on um, how you felt about Everton, but I want to say just to piggyback on your comments, Mike, I I'm looking based on what we know about Conte's teams and having multiple days or enough days to prepare that they play well. I'm confident that this weekend is going to be um, a decent weekend. What concerns me is the week that follows. We've got Brighton midweek, which that to me, that's just a disaster waiting to happen to us, followed by West Ham a few days later. And so that that's my concern. Like what happens after Man U? I don't want to be on the whole roller coaster. Good, bad, good, bad. We, we need a, we need a run. We need a run of games that are, are positive results. Positive. I think, I think Darty even said that, right. It was like, in his post game was like, we're on this back and forth, back and forth thing. We need a good consistent run of games. And I like listening to him talk, not because every time I think I listen to him talk, I think about the lucky charms box, but, um, you know, you magic, close your eyes and, and I think, and I think that they <laughs> Spurs might be magically delicious, but <laughs> they, they could also be, uh, you know, the, the grocery store brand that your mom buys because, you know, they're cheaper. 
you, you know, you might not be getting blue diamonds. You might be getting, you know, blue circles. Hey, Mike, can I tell you something that Steve won't understand at all? Yeah. When, when, when I was a kid, um, Steve wasn't alive yet, but when I was a kid, <laughs> I, re- I remember <laughs> going to the, to the mall in the town where I lived and they had this like taste test thing. They were looking for kids to come and taste test some things. And what they had us taste test was marshmallows for cereal according to the color and this was right before lucky charms came out with the purple horseshoes if you recall green i remember when that right happened, yes. it was a thing there was a thing when purple horseshoes got oh, out. Yeah, sure. again this is this predates you but my choice in that whole thing i thought that the purple tasting marshmallows tasted the best so personally i actually gave myself credit for the purple horseshoes being the the choice that came into play for lucky charms just that's so. fantastic you invented lucky charms I invented, the well, purple the purple horseshoes. horseshoes, at least. Absolutely, yeah. that was all me. Yeah, that was you. Tell your friends. Steve, what did you think about Everton? I thought Everton were a hot piece of shit. Um, it, it's particularly uh, amusing for me. I, one of my uh, old roommates, massive Everton fan, and I'm just hoping they go down just to spite him, um, which might be a little petty on, on my part, but he made the last few months of of living together absolute hell i was gonna uh, say did he burn all your shit or something no he was just crazy passive aggressive like never wanted to talk about you know what was bothering him so he would just do shit like uh like one day he moved where the router was um so that it was in his room instead of uh in a public place so it's like if anything happens i have to go ask him for it like I can't just take care of it myself, you know, just stupid shit like that. Um, So I'm really hoping that they go down just, just to spite him at this point Um, that and their fans are just, they, they irritate me. Their players irritate me. The number of times a gust of wind uh, blew by one of them. And then they took a tumble onto the ground was just excessive. I mean, Richarlison lives on the ground, uh, there were a couple other guys in midfield, you know, Benton Kerr would just breeze past them and then they're like throwing their arms and, you know, flailing down, trying to get a foul. And, and fortunately, you know, the, the ref wasn't really buying it, but it was just obnoxious. It's like, you can't win the game on merit. So you're just going to try to suck all the life out of it. The best of your ability It was, it was obnoxious. I don't, I don't mean to, to stop you, Steve, but like, I mean, isn't aren't those the type of tactics that that teams use now? Like when when they're in a bad run of form, is like they try and figure out whatever they can. I don't have anything against Everton to to be honest. I just don't like Richarlison. Um, I like Pickford and I like DCL. Um, but I don't know. Pickford pisses me off. I think he's a he's a piece of shit. You don't like his haircut. He- I get it. <laughs> he's like trying uh, to do Harry Kane's haircut without doing Harry Kane's haircut. It's like, you know, he could go to the barber to get the Harry Kane do, but instead he goes to his mom's place and gets his mom to cut his hair. And, you know, she does her best, but she's not a professional. Holy shit. (laughs) All right. All right. I'll let you get back to your Everton thing. I'm just saying that that entire club is in shambles. Like, you know, I I was reading this fantastic um, analysis on, on, you know, Reddit, and I I wish I I saved the dude's name uh, because it was actually pretty brilliant. Uh, he had essentially called out that, you know, when, when clubs are at risk of getting relegated and they go for the new manager approach, they tend to go for a defensive-minded manager, right? 
um, more often than not, if you're in the relegation zone, it's because your defense is crap and you're leaking too many goals. So they tend to bring people in who can kind of shore it up and, you know, hopefully that'll be enough to, to keep them in the league. Everton hired the guy who couldn't figure out Chelsea's defense. And this is a squad in Chelsea that has depth at defense for days. He couldn't figure that out. And you want him to go to Everton and do something to keep them in the league? What the fuck are they thinking? I have no idea what sort of drugs they're doing out at Liverpool. uh, But God damn, like that's that's probably the dumbest thing they could have done. Um, and you know, I, I want to like Frank Lampard as a, as a manager, but he's just, I I feel like this is not the type of project he should have gone for. You know, he needed something with a bit more stability to, to, you know, maybe get his confidence or, 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 you know, figure out himself as, as a coach. Uh, but I, I think what he's ended up doing is putting himself in a situation that exposes his flaws, um, you know, he doesn't have a, a great squad and instead of playing to, to I'm not going to say their strengths, because let's be honest, I don't think they really have many. He, he kind of put them in a shitty position. Look at how Spurs have reacted to teams that have played the low block defensive compact. It's not well for them. You know, they don't do great against those teams. What does Lampard do? High line, plenty of space. I you know, for, for as phenomenally as Spurs were playing yesterday, and I got to give a shout out to my boy, Decky, this dude, I, I love this dude. He's got to be easily my favorite player right now. Um, he He's not the quickest, but he's so smart. He sees the game. He reads the game so well. And just the positions that he puts his teammates in is magic. Um but for as well as Spurs were, Everton set up to make it that much easier for them. They did not do anything to really hinder Spurs' ability. They, if, if they did anything, it was make life easy. Um, you know, credit where it's due, Spurs played well. Everton were just that much worse, right? It's not like they played, they played well and Spurs were better. They played like shit. And Spurs took advantage of them, and it could have been eight, nine, ten goals to nothing. I, I don't think they had a shot on target. We probably could have subbed Hugo out for, you know, nobody. You know, just take him out of the game, let him go, uh, put his coat on, sit, play some FIFA over in the corner. He was, Dude, he was, he was sitting there like Bernie at the state of the year or at the uh, at the he inauguration. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I mean. Uh, that that's just it, right? Spurs did well. Everton seeing the championship. I mean, fuck. Like, I don't know how you recover from this. It might be a fantastic championship squad next year. That, that's the reality. We'll see. Well, hey, it'll, it'll, be the first, it'll be the first time in their history, right? That they've been relegated. Is that I don't true? Know. I do not know the answer to that, Steve. It was some ungodly amount of years, right? They've been playing in the top flight since 1954, I believe. Like 60 fucking years, man. So the entirety of the Premier League, they've been <laughs> in the Premier over, League. Yeah, over 60 years. Bye-bye. I don't know how you were... Like, if you think about it, you know, Leeds might get a new manager bounce. TBD. I'm not convinced of that personally, but... 
that's still a factor, right? Jesse Marsh has had one game so far. He's got his first home game coming up. Maybe he turns things around for them. Burnley's on the ascendancy. He's American. Everybody, everybody, I believe. And I, this is not an indictment of the English fan, but it, well, yeah, it kind of is, is I think everybody wants him to fail. That's I fair. sort of think Look, you're I've right, seen Mike. Ted Lasso. I know how they, how they react to us uh, Yankees over there. <laughs> I, I wish Marsh would come out and act like Lasso. <laughs> Like think, he doesn't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I don't think Jesse Marsh is as likable as Ted Lasso is, though. That's oh, the whatever. Thing. But yeah, brilliant. I mean, Burnley's on the ascendancy. I, I think Everton's days are numbered. Every brilliant statement starts with, I've seen Ted Lasso. That That's the point right there, <laughs> Steve. No question. Hey, uh, let's segue. Mike, you ready to roll, buddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve, it's your week to ask. We got an important question. What do you have? Mike. You know, I've we've been talking a lot about about Spurs, about Everton. You know, I just casually mentioned that I, I want to know what sort of drugs they're doing in Liverpool to make Frank Lampard think that he could play that lineup. You know, I, I'm I, maybe it's just a substance thing. I don't know, but I'm pivoting from what drugs are they doing at Everton to Hey, Mike, what you drinking? Well, Steve, um, well I done, can Steve. tell you Good that job. if if uh, they were drinking this beer in Ever- in Everton that uh, they might actually uh, have a better chance of, uh, of, of, of winning or actually maybe gaining some more favor with their fans, even though their fans are still kind of, uh, you know, head in the clouds. Um, that said, um, I, this weekend, I, the brewery I went to with my son was a place called Weird Window. Um, there have been... Um, two or three other breweries in this spot that have that have failed um, and then these guys come along um, and they have their own they have their own thing going um, they have the IPAs but they have a bunch of other other beers um, I've been getting away from the IPAs lately um, on the on the segment so I'm going to go back to the IPA now the reason I'm I we don't have um it's a newer brewery, so we don't have our friend Lone Freighter's uh, words of wisdom today. So I'm going to uh, kind of explain the weird window, why they call it weird window. Um, weird window uh, is in reference to, uh, it, it's an old New England thing. Um, back back when they were still burning witches and <laughs> in, uh, in Massachusetts, in Salem, Massachusetts, they, they, they thought that there was a, a witch problem in the 1600s. So uh, they were burning women at the stake, uh, claiming that they're, they were witches and practicing black magic and all this stuff. So um, and they literally believed that they flew on brooms um, and that they, were, they had supernatural powers. Um, so in New England, it's if you're driving down the road in any little small New England town, you can see old, 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 old houses um, that have this window that's kind of diagonal. Um, and it's kind of like on the side of a house. And it's, and it's always leading into a, what was probably master bedrooms in these houses. All of the old New England houses would have them. Um, and they're called witch windows. The theory was that um, witches could not fly through a window that was tilted like, like these windows are. 
So because they had to fly straight through. Um, flawed theory, but I still think it's pretty fucking cool. I mean, if you have supernatural powers, you can certainly turn your body to get through a fucking window, right? Um, so, you know, I, I'm sure I'm going to get fucking fact-checked on this somehow, but no, you're you're right, Mike. I, I know the history. You're right about this. Um, you know, this is the things that my that my grandparents used to teach me. You know, my not my Eastern European grandfather. He didn't. He never said this stuff, but because um, you know, I mean, they only knew about the Kavorka back then, uh, and, and and where he's from. Uh, but anyway, um, that's a Seinfeld reference for some of you folks. Um, this beer is called rains of cashmere and uh it's a new england style ipa it's seven percent abv um it's cool it's basic little little label on there it's just got their logo uh rains of cashmere um i don't know if this has anything to do with uh the greatest my the greatest tv show in the history of television uh, game of thrones um but it's the final season um but the 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 TV show didn't really approach it. But in the books, uh, the the reigns of Castamere, um, they had the song in the final season. Anyway, um, I don't think it has anything to do with it, but people on the internet do. Um, but let's get into this. Um, I'm very interested to taste it. It's got a couple of different hops I've actually never heard of, uh, and they are called. Oh boy, I just lost it. This is awful. Do 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 do. Yes. So Sultana and Lotus. That's the opening. Okay, smells good out of the can. I'm gonna pour it properly so that Dave doesn't make fun of me again. Oh, Dave would never. So the other thing that I did was that this time I got a full 16 ounce uh um snifter tulip glass rather than the 12 ounce glasses that i usually have okay so this beer is pouring cloudy it's really fizzy uh smells like fucking pineapples it's really good like pineapple juice it smells really fucking good um let's get into this I thought he was going to chug the whole thing for a second. I did too. You 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 had the aggressiveness there. It looked like you were going for it, Mike. I wanted to. Um, that's really good. So it's got this. Um, it does have that. What's I, I don't know how to describe like pineapple juice. Uh, but it's like citrusy, a, citrusy, sweet. Uh, not really super citrusy, like a lemon or a lime, obviously, but like kind of a muted citrus kind of taste. Acidic. Um, pineapple-y. Pineapple, yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's really fucking good, but it's got like a hint of like pine with it, like an old school, like real old school English style IPA, like that piney, those piney hops. Um, I, I I've never had these hops in a com any combination. I've never heard of them. Um, they must be some sort of new hop. I didn't really look it up. Um, but man, this beer is really good. I'm going to give it another taste here. Um, as you guys can see, it is very cloudy, um, but it's fizzy. It's super fizzy. And I don't know if it's maybe just this batch or if that's the way they brew it all the time, but it, it feels like um, like a session IPA. You guys ever had like a session IPA 
they're they're typically pretty fizzy and light. It's this kind of like that. It's not like thick and heavy like a, a cloudy New England IPA usually would be. So that's good. Um, oh, my phone just said it's bedtime. Uh, <laughs> anyway, nice. I'm going to take another sip of this, then I'm going to give you my rating. Uh, feel free to discuss. Well, it sounds to me, Mike, like it makes you very hoppy. The other one I had from this place the other day <laughs> was called Hoppy Wife, Hoppy Life. And uh, also words of wisdom. Um, you know, the way you described that to me just reminded me of that scene in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory when they have the fizzy lifting drinks. They're floating up towards the giant fan on the ceiling. That's how I feel right now. I, I really, I probably should burp. I'm going to hit that. <laughs> I'm going to hit that no propeller, and it's going to take my head off. This would be a wicked spursy first, right here. We get. I'm not going to burp. burp it's, it's a part of the routine. Um, Mike is flying away towards the industrial fan he has in his house for some reason. <laughs> um. God, I'm, you know what? I'm going to do what I told Vass last week that we that I don't do. Oh, you're going what to the hydrant. Oh, come on. Why, why are you doing that? Why am I doing that? Because I need to change it up a little bit. I think, I think my approach has been a little fucking stale. I thought about it over the week. 4.11, Dave. I'm sticking with it. Mike. Why, why 4.11 and not 4.12? I'm going to tell you why. Let's hear it. Because this is the first beer that I've had on this that I feel like I'm giving you the info that you need. To, to make an informed decision. Everybody in the United States knows that the info number is 411. Uh, I'm giving you all the 411. That's uh, the dumbest explanation I could have thought of. Um, uh, listen, honestly, we're, like, we're, we're sorry. We're really sorry about that. 4.1. 4 I'm not. I, I'm not apologizing for Mike. <laughs> that was clever. I'm giving it to him. Thank you. Well uh, done, 4. Mike. I'll, 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 you can do 4.1 if you want. That um, is a high rating from you, though. That might be your highest, or is 4.2 your highest? I'm trying to recall. 4.2 is my highest. This is a yeah. really good fucking beer. Um, these guys do really good things. Uh, I, I didn't have even one beer. I had a, um, a stout, and I'm not a huge stout fan. I had a stout of theirs. It was very good. Very good, and they did. Uh, they also did a Pilsner that was very good. So I hadn't been there. It's been, it's, I think it's been there for, I think it's, a little over a year and a half now. Uh, the folks there were very nice people. Um, we had some nice conversations about uh, college basketball, about soccer, um, and stuff. So it was it was very nice being there. They, uh, you know, they you go in there, they try and call you by your name. I mean, the in the thing that I loved when I walked in there, masks and vas vaccination cards mandatory. So they're, they're doing what I just said is uh, it being good humans and doing the right thing. And good uh, call. Do the yeah, right thing. yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're good people there and I will be, uh, I'll, I'll be visiting there again. Very good. All right. So just to review, Weird Window Brewing, Rings of Cashmere, 4.1 or 4.11 from the info, of cashmere. infomercial mic. And, the Rains uh, of Cashmere. Oh, the Rains, not the Rings, Rains. Rains. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. All right. With that in the books, let's move on. 
Let's talk about what, what lies ahead. What do you guys think about what lies ahead? What's our future look like? Up, down, up, down, up, down. We staying up. We're going to have a, a low stretch. United, Brighton, West Ham, next three. Steve, where are you with looking ahead? Well, I'm glad you asked, Dave. I've been thinking long and hard about this, and I think it's time for me to drop some conspiracy on you. This is a pattern that is a little too perfect, if you ask me. You know, this constant up, down, up, down. If we are down at Manchester United, I think it all but confirms that somebody in the Spurs organization, not saying who, but definitely Antonio Conte, is match fixing in order to get some sort of a supplemental payout to whatever it is Spurs are giving him. He's going to get into this pattern for just long enough where he'll eventually have a third party go out and put massive money on Spurs bucking the trend. And that's the game he's going to tell the guys to go out there and give it their all and get that consecutive win or the consecutive loss or whatever it is so that he can see his payday. Because you know what, when you're when you're coaching Spurs, you're not ex- you're, you know you're not challenging for the league title. You're not in the Champions League, so you can't challenge for that. How else is Conte going to get paid if not fixing the games the only way he knows how by establishing a pattern and then looking to break the pattern when it's most opportune for him to get the biggest possible payout. You heard it here first. If we don't see Antonio Conte being dragged from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in handcuffs at some point due to his illegal match-fixing scheme, I don't even know what's going on in the world anymore. It's as clear as day to me that this is exactly what's happening, happening 100% undisputable. This is going to be one of the craziest ends of the season ever, strictly because of the absolutely bonkers approach that Conte is taking to make an extra buck. Mike, I worry that Steve's conspiracy corner may have just jumped the shark. I'm curious, <laughs> curious of your response to that. Response, you know, here's the thing is that, um, I don't know that Steve believes his own conspiracies. Maybe he does. That's a pretty fucking wild one. That's a pretty wild fact. (laughs) But here's the thing. Here's the thing. It sounds very much to me. So there was a movie uh, in the late 80s uh, that had three of the greatest comedians of all time in the movie. uh, Red Fox, Richard Pryor, and Eddie Murphy. Uh, The movie's called Harlem Nights. Mm -hmm. And... uh, uh, they were running an illegal speakeasy and blah, 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 blah. They knew the world heavyweight champion and they convinced the world heavyweight champion to take a dive uh, so they could get a big payday before they had to take off, before before they just got the fuck out of town uh, because, because they're in it deep with the fucking mob. So that sounds exactly what you just described, basically. Antonio Conte's not... That, Okay, maybe maybe he is, maybe he is trying to do this. I, I don't know. I, I, you're convincing me of it, but I think you have watched Harlem Nights recently. <laughs> no, I actually uh, just I don't know if you've ever seen the show Sons of Anarchy, but I just watched the. Uh, there's an episode yeah, where they try to uh, to do a match fixing with uh, bare knuckle boxing, 
Um, so that's that's the inspiration behind this totally legitimate factual claim that I have. That's definitely not something I just made up uh, in the last five minutes. Nope, this is um, very well vetted. Uh, I've got evidence that um, you know the government uh, of the world, the secret government, doesn't want you to see. Uh, so if I were to put that out there, then uh, you know they would track us down, uh, and Wicked Spursy would be in trouble. But I, I assure you, it's real and it's there. So are you telling you what you're telling me basically is that if we beat Man United, which we're going to do, you heard it first, uh, right here, uh, we're going to beat Man United. If we beat Man United, then the fix is in. Yep, the fix is in. Conte gets his payday, and then he's going to just pack up shots. He's not. Skip he's town. established the every other game, and now that he's won two in a row, the fix is in. Exactly. You see, you got it. Horseshit. What are you fucking talking about, horseshit? Like, this, is, <laughs> this is indisputable fact. Antonio Conte <laughs> is completely capable of, of training a team with a week's notice, with a week's, with a week's uh, preparation to win consecutive games. Maybe He's any done other team, but this is Tottenham Hotspur we're talking about, where every game, like, remember Everton, we had our WhatsApp, WhatsApp, app chat going on we were up five nothing and what did i say to you dave i said i am still nervous we're going to concede six yeah that first has done to me yeah that came on the heels of i made a comment like is this what it feels like to be a city fan right and then you said something like why am i still nervous that we're gonna gonna give up six or let in six yeah that you guys don't remember is that i made a prediction at halftime Nikki Nikki Winks was like, "Oh, we're gonna, we'll probably end up winning four one." And I said, "It's gonna be five now. And sure enough, it was. And I was really so, nervous that, like, I I I was I had it all like queued up, like I fucking told you guys, and I never sent it because I was so nervous that at some point, some fucking knucklehead like fucking they're gonna put Winks in and he's gonna fucking chip a ball over the top of Pickford from fucking midfield." to score the sixth goal. So Mike, what I'm hearing is that you are in on Antonio Conte's match fixing. I love, I, I love, I love the fact that you think that there's a fixed match. That's fucking awesome. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for it, honestly, because I'd love to win. I'd love to beat United, but honestly, in all seriousness, I do think we'll probably beat United at this weekend. Um, Cause I, I think you said it earlier, Mike, they're, one of those teams that's better on paper than they have been, um, especially recently. I, I think Spurs, if if we can get in a solid week of training, we should be able to take it to Old Trafford and, and get the three points. Will it happen? Who the fuck knows? It's Spurs. They could disappoint us at any particular minute of any given day. Hey, Mikey, take us to some uh, closing thoughts. Steve, coming to you next. Dave's leaning back. I can see he's ready. He's ready. <laughs> so my closing thoughts are these. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of sticking with the Antonio Conte stuff. I'm kind of sick and tired. Um, we we know that Antonio Conte has this this fiery kind of um, kind of like me, right on our WhatsApp chat. The world the world is burning, doom and gloom. When, when, 
you know, you, you put your ass on the line and you get fucking beat by a shit fucking club. Um, and he came out and said it this week. Um, I, I'm, but I'm kind of getting, I'm already kind of sick and tired of it. Like it's a fucking show that he puts on. What really bothers me is that Spurs fans were, con- were conditioned to buy into this shit. We're conditioned to buy into the post game. Um, but, and we, we know Antonio Conte does this type of thing and he did it at Inter and he did it at, at every stop he's been at. He does this thing where, you know, he, he convinces, he convinces the press and he convinces people that, oh, maybe what I'm doing here isn't good enough. These players aren't good enough. I'm, I'm going to have to leave. You guys might have to fire me because I'm not doing a good enough job or these players aren't doing a good enough job and they're not, but the, you know, the problem is that Spurs fans over the past few years are so, (laughs) we're so sensitive and so fucking fragile because of the experiences of the past three plus years, you know, ever since, ever since that, that wonderful, wonderful night in the semifinal, we've, become sensitive because of all the shit that we've gone through with all these managers. It's like, please, Antonio, stop playing this shit. Stop playing the poor me card. Stop playing the, 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 uh, the everyone else is to blame um, card. Just stop it. Stop feeding the press shit that they want to hear so that they have something to write the next fucking morning. What we need from you is if it's the player's fault, say it's the fucking player's fault. They didn't execute. If it's your fault, say it's my fault. I didn't execute. Don't give them any more fucking nuggets. Look at, look at somebody like Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick comes out in his post games, two to three words, you know? Did Tom Brady have a good game? Yeah, he had a pretty good game today. That's it. That's all you get out of him. You don't get any kind of any kind of you know newsworthy stuff out of him because I'm not going to tip my hand about how I'm feeling. I know that Conte wears his heart on his sleeve and he's very passionate and I love that about him. He's a fucking fantastic coach. He's bringing back the excitement to to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium that that we know and we love that type of that type of Tottenham football that we love um I think I think we're going to win trophies um because of him and I also think that he's going to stick around for more than for more than his 18-month contract I honestly do especially if Daniel Levy goes out and gets him the players that he asks for um but at the same time spare us the fucking heartache and spare us. And if it bothers you Spurs fans so much that we start freaking out on Twitter and Reddit and like Koi's Twitter went fucking nuts for the past three weeks because every other game Conte's fucking medication is wearing off right at the post game, you know, and and I'm I'm, I'm just tired of it. And, And we buy into this shit. We need to stop buying into it just like we need to stop buying into like ITK, right, Dave? I mean, that kind of shit, stop buying into it. 
And uh, he's always just, he's always going to give the press what they want. We just, I, I wish he understood what we've gone through with Jose Mourinho and Ryan Mason and Pochettino and, and uh, Nuno, like, don't you understand what we've been put through as fans, as a fan base? And it's really through no fault of our own. You know, Mike, I want to share a closing thought that just, <clears throat> I guess, builds on yours, but it's kind of a response to yours too. Cause I, I see it a little bit differently and the way I see it is Spurs fandom is way too sensitive, but let's be honest. There's also trauma that has caused that sensitivity, right? So there are a lot of triggers that, that just put Koi's Twitter and everybody else in the world just over the edge. I guess here's my question. It's a rhetorical question. Um, when Conte does those things, right? And anyway, just so you know, say again, I'm going to answer you anyway. All right. That's fine. <laughs> when Conte does those things, which, you know, we've, we've seen Conte say things that had Mourinho said them, he would have been completely raked over the coals. Right. Um, but when Conte says those things, I think he's speaking to an audience of one. I don't think he's speaking to the media. I don't think he's speaking to the fans. I think he is entirely leveraging everything against the, the chairman against Daniel Levy. I think um, for him, this is about, look, you're either going to back me or you're not. And I'm going to create the circumstances where you maybe don't have a choice, but to back me. And, and if you don't back me, you look like the buffoon, not me, because I'm going to be justified walking away when you didn't back me. And everybody wants you to back me. Everybody wants you to make this happen. Everybody's exhausted by being Spursy and being wickedly Spursy, right? So I think his audience is an audience of one. What do you think of that? So it's not really a rhetorical question. I mean, it, you know, it, it requires an answer, actually, because... Um, yeah, that's, a, that's what he's doing. We know he does it, but th at the same time, you know, w I think we need to have somebody tell him that the, the type of fans we are, the type of fan base we are, we're, we're, we also wear our hearts on our sleeve. We also freak out over every single little thing because we have that, like, we have the middle kid syndrome, you know? Because like it or not, we're, we don't have the history of winning like Arsenal has, right? We don't have the history of winning trophies even on any kind of a consistent basis like Chelsea has. So we're like the middle kid in, in, in London, right? Of, of, the, of the bigger London clubs. So maybe even the, 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 the youngest who kind of gets you know, left behind when dad's gone out to do some cool stuff with the older kids. Um, we're stuck at home with mom, you know, and we don't want to be, we want to be with our, with our, you know, brothers and sisters. Here's the thing though, is like, I just want, I wish he would understand what we've been through as fans in the past few years. We went from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. Um, well, not the lowest of lows. I mean, obviously we weren't relegated, but um, the lowest of lows for a, for a bigger club. And, and he has to understand what he's doing to the fan base. I don't care. I, I don't care that he's, I don't, he's not like Jose Marino. He's not trying to build his own brand, right? He's going out. He's like, 
You know what he is? He's like the fucking he's the wolf in in Pulp Fiction. He's a fucking fixer. He comes and fixes everything. And then he goes away and it's like the bad shit never happened. So, you know, I just, I just wish that we would be given some fucking relief and stop buying into the, but we have to, we have to do that stuff ourselves too. We have to look inside and say, listen, (laughs) this is the end of this. They sing his name, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, he did, he did say in his post game, uh, 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 with Sky Sports, that um, he would like to go out after last uh, after Monday's game. He would like to go out to the disco. He would be fun to go out to the disco with him, which tells me that he's still living in the 1990s. But yeah, yeah, he would like to go out to dinner. It, it would be good for him to go out to dinner with this time because they won, and the disco as well. He said the disco. <laughs> I bet he's a fucking hell of a dancer, dude. I bet he's a hell of a dancer. (laughs) All right, Mike. Good discussion there. Steve, how about you? Closing thoughts. What do you have for us? I have two closing thoughts for you today, Dave. I'm I'm uh, nervous. I'm nervous already, Mike. I don't know where he's going here. So, well, it it shouldn't be that bad. Um, My first closing thought, it's something I probably should have brought up in our opener, but I just thought about it. it, it's my my recommendation for this week. Um, I don't know how I've gotten into this uh, tendency of providing our, our listeners a nice recommendation, but there you have it. Uh, today's recommendation, I saw the new Batman movie over the weekend. It is exceptional. Um, I It's everything I wanted in a, a Batman movie. I'm so happy with it. Robert Pattinson, for somebody who is famous for Twilight, is an incredible actor. I love that dude. He's just so good uh, in this role. I, I, It's a long movie. It's like three hours long. But, you know, if, if you're looking for something to do, if you want to go out and see a movie, I definitely recommend that. It's, it's a really good one. It's more of a, like a crime thriller than a superhero movie, which I think is what makes it a lot of fun. Uh, like the old it's the detective comics right i mean exactly that's exactly right you know it, it's not campy it's not action it, there's action in it but it's not like the the, the cross with dark knight with the dark knight story and the detective comics right exactly yeah it's oh it's it's a good one definitely recommend that uh my second uh and final closing thought and and if you don't mind, I'm going to speak on behalf of all of us at Wicked Spursy. Uh, we're recording this. It's it's March 8th. Today is International Women's Day. Um, so I just want to give a really heartfelt shout out on behalf of Wicked Spursy to all of our uh, women listeners um, for all the incredible stuff that you guys do. Um, you know, there have been some phenomenal women in my life. Uh, you know, my wife, Isaac's teachers. Um, I've had some some phenomenal bosses, some friends, some colleagues. You know, maybe it's it's the new parent in me. Uh, you know, having grown up where women in media, in particular, have been portrayed in a specific way. Um, but I've I've been seeing, especially recently, the last few years, a lot of strength, uh, a lot of determination, some perseverance, and you know, it's remarkable. It's incredible. Um, And, you know, I, I, 
hope each and every one of you out there listening uh, has an, not just an incredible day, but just an incredible life because you honestly deserve it, um, especially given the way that the the system's been stacked against you for so long. You, you think about women's suffrage movement and you know how how it wasn't until what the 1950s uh, when women had the right to vote. Um, a little earlier than that. A little earlier, little, but that's okay. It's 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 incredible to to just see such progress, to see what women have been able to accomplish um, in the face of such adversity. And I I just can't rave about all the strength and power and all the good things that I've seen. And you all deserve the world. Steve, that's well put. That's very well put. Appreciate you bringing that up. And I just want to point out, Mike will understand this very well. The reason I uh, gave you that correction on the um, the women's right to vote piece, which was actually 1919 as opposed to the 50s, is because there were a few weeks ago, we did a recording and, and one of us misspoke about like a stadium for a soccer team. And man, we got <laughs> some Twitter corrections like up and down. So just want to make sure well, it doesn't we get our historical help facts accurate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, history is not my strong suit when I've been drinking for a bit, but uh, I appreciate you, 1919, that's that's right. I mean, but still, it it does feel like, uh, you know, not much has really changed until very recently, um, which is kind of a sad indictment on, on American society and really the global society as a whole, but that's a whole other topic for a whole other podcast. Um, Shout out to all you say, women out there. I'm I'm not going to try and um, you know, beleaguer the point, but um, I um, I I do want to say that 1919 was the year that uh, women got the right to vote, and uh, the 1920 election was the first one that they were able to vote for president. But um, uh, the the 1919 was also the year that Dave's uh, Chicago White Sox decided that they're going to fucking try and destroy the entire fucking fabric of the American pastime. Uh, the one like giant thing that Americans could say was theirs. And, and his White Sox tried to destroy that. Yeah. And, and now the, In the face of the are... women's suffrage movement. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I, can, I can feel the love i just want baseball so badly listeners you can't you can't see the the look i'm giving mike but i'm telling him to piss off is basically what i'm telling him right yeah now. he's got he's got like squinty like uh clean eastwood eyes like get off my lawn so Go we're looking ahead. for we're looking Make for a new uh looking for a new member of wicked spursy next week everyone if anybody wants to replace mike on the pod we uh we have an opening and uh steve and i will be accepting applications I vote hey, for Wendy personally, but I don't think we can Wendy. drag him away. <laughs> he's he's got his own commitment. <laughs> Wendy's got a good thing going, I think. <laughs> Doesn't want to hang out with a couple of us schmucks, right? <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's wrap it up, boys. Well done on the closing thoughts uh, to everybody who is listening. Man, we give you credit for perseverance for this one. We were uh, we were all over the place, but dumpsters came through quite a bit. Um, Bad decisions came through quite a bit. Uh, we had a, a unique beer review. Steve's got something else to add. Steve, what do you got? This podcast is nothing but fun and educational. I sure. learned something today. Well, I didn't learn something. I was corrected on something that I, I misspoke about because I... Only a millennial could, could think that women didn't get the right to vote till the 50s, but... 
Only it, you know what? That in and of itself has got to be a condemnation of our current education system. We need full scale revamping. Pay the teachers. Next week on Steve's Conspiracy Corner. Steve, you know you're talking to a former history teacher here, right? You you understand you're just pissing on my my chosen field. Yes. <laughs> I'm encouraging your chosen field. You're Teachers are some of the least respected <laughs> professions out there, and they they should be one of the highest paid professions by far for what they're responsible for, you know, educating and, and uh, making sure that we don't have a bunch of QAnon-believing conspiracy theorists running amok. Um, yet they get paid like shit. They get treated like shit. And then people wonder why it's so hard to find a good teacher. I have the utmost respect for teachers. I love teachers, especially good ones. Um, like Dave. Well, I don't know. Dave could be a shitty teacher. I've never had him, but. <laughs> he, he was fantastic back in the day. No question. Hey, let's wrap it up. Listeners, right. we appreciate you. Uh, gentlemen, I appreciate you. Steve, what do you have to say? Of course, of course, of course, of course. And Michael. Be safe. <laughs>